Hello, and welcome to Stationary Jason, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford, and joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu. How are you today? Hey, Justin. I'm very well, thank you. A very happy 2020 version 3 to you. <laughs> thank you very much. How's yours uh, going so far? It's epiphany today for you. Yes, it is epiphany. It is, uh, it is the celebration of the uh, three wise men. They of the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is the day that they turned up and went, see that there? That's the son of God, that is. Uh, and gave him some gift. And took a selfie, posted it on Instagram. All of that good jazz. Got a few million followers. You know, it was a good day for them. Absolutely. And how is Epiphany in Canada? Have you got blazing sunshine, warm weather? You in mm. shorts? It's absolutely beautiful today. We've got at least, well, there's four plus inches on the car already, and it's still coming down. So it's it's just lovely, 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 lovely weather. Oh, I was woken up in the middle of the night too. My uh, friendly neighborhood deer were setting off the ring cameras. Lovely. Well, there you are. That's, that's well, the, the Canadian idyll, is it not? Apparently. Uh, thank goodness it's the bear's sleepy time. Otherwise, uh, who knows who'd be at my front door. <laughs> All right. Uh, follow up. I, I, I have some good news, Stu. Excellent. My brand new dishwasher finally works. Oh, my gosh. What a hassle that was. Was this Twyford sort of underneath the counter with wrenches and screwdrivers and all sorts of masculine, manly stuff? Oh, it was. I had a sawzall out and everything. But no, um, I had installed it, got everything plumbed in just, just beautifully. Uh, what a pain in the butt that was. But anyway, uh, I did that and it leaked uh, because there was a manufacturing defect in it. So oh. I got the warranty people out before Christmas and they looked at it and they kind of did one of those. Oh, that's not going to happen before Christmas. <laughs> and so my new year's present was the guy called me up and said, Hey, I've got the part. I can come fix it. So finally my new dishwasher that was to replace the leaky dishwasher that we got when we moved into the house, uh, is not leaking anymore. So that's some good news. Yeah. Fantastic news. Dishwashers a go-go. And I got boosted, so I'm feeling a little under the weather today, let's say. Oh, but think of the 5G reception. I, it's it's coming in strong. Or it will be in a couple of weeks. Excellent. Ah, how's things with you? How's the oven going? Uh, well, <laughs> that all went a little bit Cypriot. So um, we, we moved from, I was speaking to a, a, a wonderful woman called Stavrula, who would phone me up and fix an appointment for... Michalis, the um, the engineer, to come and test everything. Um, but then Michalis abandoned that in the week before Christmas. He decided the best way to organize an appointment was to call me. Uh, you, you must, at this point, dear listener, remember that he speaks no English and I speak very little Greek. Um, would call me directly from his mobile and essentially say, open the gate, I'm outside the house. To which I would respond, no, I'm at the golf course, you muppet. <laughs> and, and this happened sort of two or three times where he just sort of turned up unannounced, was very disappointed there was no one here, uh, and consequently there was no oven for the festive season, which went down terribly well with the current Mrs. Lennon. Oh, she was delighted. Mm. Um, so, so we had a, a low-key sort of cuisine over, over Christmas, which actually I really enjoyed. And uh, I believe that tomorrow, because I've since been chatting to Stavrula again, we've reverted to the old system. And so we spoke a couple of days ago and she said, well, how about we make an appointment? I said, perfect. She said, Friday. I said, what sort of time? She said, do you know, I'm not quite sure. I will give you a call Friday morning, but he will be there on Friday. So there you are. Oh, she also warned me that if he's unable to locate the fault, which I suspect he won't be able to do, then he may need to take the oven away. Was that okay? <laughs> it's not doing you any good, is it? <laughs> Except, well, my words exactly. I said, frankly, he could do what he likes with the oven. It's no use to me. Um, so yeah, that's going away tomorrow, I think. And 
In in better news, I've taken my bring my wallet to its uh, to its service station. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what BMW stands for. Uh, and uh, well, what started as a service, I'm now I'm now experiencing the full might of the BMW upsell program. Oh, um, there's lots of sucking of teeth going on. Uh, what have we had so far? We've had something to do with the steering column and spacers. I don't know how it works in Canada, but do you have run flat tires? Are you aware of these beasts? I'm aware of these. My truck is a little um, old for such luxuries. Uh, mine just <laughs> runs no matter what's in the way, but you know, there, there you okay. go. Well, my, 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 my wife's beloved BMW nicknamed the beast runs on uh, run flat tires provided by such companies as Intercontinental, Bridgestone, or Pirelli. Uh, and four Pirellis have just made a dent of, oh, let's think, what is it? I think about 1,400 euros, hmm. which, uh, what's that? That's going to be about 1,600, 1,700 US. Lovely. <laughs> Joy. On top of the service and the steering thing. And, oh, yes, that nasty rattle of yours. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. And the car went in on Monday was due to come back on Tuesday. Oh, we'll just do that so it'll be Wednesday. Oh, mm, yeah, no, it's going to be a bit tricky. I said, okay, well, look, if you need to do that, just do that. That's fine. I'll come and get it tomorrow. Oh, no, no, no. No, we're closed tomorrow. Oh, of course. It's epiphany. Uh, I'll come down on Friday. Ah, yeah, about Friday. Um, We were thinking more Monday. What? I can't be without a car for that long. So the conversation went on and on and on. So we now have a a courtesy car, a loner sitting uh, in the driveway. You're not uh, bringing Mrs. L down to the indignity of driving around in Capula. Oh no, she's driven around in Capula once or twice, but uh, come Monday, she is, she is back into educating ah. the, uh, the younger population of Cyprus. Um, and well, you know, we live up a mountain, leaving me up here without a car is fine. Uh, but BMW said, well, okay, we'll just call you on Monday. You can come and get the car. I said, how would you like me to get there? Mm. Oh, I see. Mm, yes. Uh, I said, well, I'm more than happy to get a taxi and bill it to you. Oh, no, I think we can find you a courtesy guy. I thought you might be able to, yes. <laughs> uh, there you go. Oh, uh, lovely, lovely. That sounds so much fun. <laughs> well, as, as I said in the show notes, the BMW is in the shop going through the cash faster than me in a Mont Blanc boutique. Um, it's, oh. It's going to be an expensive day when I go and pick that up. Mm. Wow. At, at what point do you just abandon it and buy something else? <laughs> uh, well, that's fairly straightforward from my point of view. However, uh, the motor car uh, was given to the current Mrs. Lennon upon the sale of my last business. Ah. Um, and uh, she will she will make that. I've told her that she can do what it is, whatever she wants, but the money that she would realize from the sale of this will need to fund the next. Mm. Um, and I don't think the current Mrs. Lennon is thinking that a sort of Kiprula-esque uh, vehicle is is what she's after. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh, it's probably got quite a lot of residual value because it's a very high-spec car and all of that stuff. Uh, and hopefully, you know, when I see it on Monday, it will be... It'll be working properly and all, all thoughts of sales and, and things will disappear. <laughs> but I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was looking the other day at uh, mine and saying, ah, I could use a new, uh, you know, I've, I've got a, what for probably um, Europeans would be considered a big truck. But I'm looking at it compared to what my neighbors have and going, oh, mine is just like a small truck. <laughs> I need a bigger one. I can't tow enough. I need bigger tow. Not that I tow anything, but the fact that is I need bigger wheels. I need bigger suspension. And I need more to tow. And uh, that gets expensive just even thinking about it. <laughs> well, the thing here is, as I keep trying to explain to my wife, if you drive for two hours in any direction, you'll fall off the land. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really not that big here. <laughs> There's no no real need for a for, you know, big, powerful vehicle, but... 
see, I'm the other way around. If I go, if I go out and and take a left instead of a right, um, I can be driving for two and a half weeks until I hit the other side of the water. <laughs> exactly. So I can understand the need for larger vehicles with larger drives, larger commutes, all this. But anyway, enough of this nonsense. What What about your tool of the week? What have you been using this week, Justin? All right. So I might have mentioned it last time. I think I did. In fact, uh, I was going to try the Cortex brand theme system journal. Uh-huh. I am using this as a reflection journal at the end of the day which is kind of an interesting and new thing that I'm doing, uh, focusing with my yearly theme of happiness, uh, which I've tried this gratitude journal thing before. And after a couple of days, just feels really hokey trying to come up with things that, well, I'm, ha- I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Happiness is a whole different thing in my mind, but I guess the ideas are similar. So I'm, I'm going out of my way to find moments of happiness and I'm, Reflecting on those, I'm writing those down. I've got a particular format. The theme system journal is actually very good at it. It's got several boxes on it. So I look at what was my happiness for the day. I fill in one box with what was my challenges for the day. I have a big box in the middle for thinking, which I kind of write down whatever's on my mind, you know, things that I want to peruse or at least just get off my mind and then the final part is a small box that i just use for the future and that's picking something that hopefully is going to give me some joy but something that's on my mind that i have to think about for the future and i'm using that with my other tools you know the analog for actual task planning so this is just purely a reflection journal i've taken the habit of coming down here that may or may not be a very nice drink sitting on my desk uh, I've got uh, a Pilot um, 823 that I use in that one because the nib is just perfect for that paper. And that's kind of become my my pairing. But I'm I'm quite enjoying it, actually. There's a couple things on there. There's a little rippy corner bits. They're really nice. And I kind of like this so far. Excellent. I mean, we're less than a week into it, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, so far, I think this practice is sort of helping me keep focused on trying to find happiness each and every day. And that for me is a really good thing. Brilliant. It sounds like a, it sounds like a win for the start of the year. Oh God, we could do with a few wins. Couldn't we? Let's be honest. Mm, yes. How about you? What's your tool of the week? Uh, well, I've been, um, sort of working around my theme, uh, like you, and I've been working on daily themes, which I had last year sort of for, I suppose, three or four days. I've tried to expand that. So each day has a, an overriding focus. Um, it doesn't mean it's the only thing I do, but it's where I'm trying to put my effort, uh, particularly my effort in the, the sort of more creative hours. So uh, I have so far come up with something that doesn't really make a good acronym. I mean, if I'm going to make it in the world of um, productivity guru, I'm going to have to come up with a better acronym than Rizbrumbata. At the moment, I don't think Monday is write, Tuesday is sell, Wednesday manage, Thursday record, Friday think, Saturday play, and Sunday rest. So as you can see, awful as an acronym. But um, it kind of fits with where my my week is so uh you and i record on a thursday so that sort of pushed me towards making thursday a day where i record i like to get my writing done early in the week so that gives me a chance then to sort of uh have content ready to put up on the various websites and uh put out during the week so monday works well for that uh tuesday i have some jobby job stuff uh sort of zooms and teams and all that nonsense so i bolt on to that selling because selling essentially involves picking up the phone and speaking to people manage that's that's good old-fashioned admin day that's getting the books up to date that's making sure that uh, i've spoken to team members of, across the the various businesses thursday as i say uh we talk but i also play golf in the morning Um, and Friday, I'm trying to reserve Fridays for thinking. Mm. Uh, this is, uh, comes largely out of the books I've been reading of late. Um, 
a lot of the Ryan Holiday stuff. But um, really want to take some time to think about what I'm doing, to think about the things that I'm doing, how I'm doing them, whether I'm doing them right, uh, and just actually make time for that rather than try and fit it in to the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then we'll play and rest reasonably self-evident, I hope. I see you got the rest day every seven from uh, a really good source. <laughs> well, the, um, the, the WIP that I've put in there is, is work in progress. Cause I'm still, I'm still holding out that I will come up with an acronym. Maybe a listener will come up with an acronym for me. I, I just have one question for you on this one. Cause on, I then. see your Fridays are your think day. Yes. And I know for me, wow, Fridays and thinking don't necessarily go hand in hand. You know, my energy perhaps is a little stronger at the beginning of the week than necessarily at the end of the week. How, how's that working for you so far? Still very early in this work in progress. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, I suppose really what I'm aiming for is to keep the diary uh, free. So uh, within think will be study um, because I'm, uh, I suppose that's, that's news as well. I'm, uh, I'm embarking on MBA and that will require clearly quite a lot of reading, but within daily themes, and this is, this is typical me. This is Cosgrove esque falling down a rabbit hole. Um, within the days I'm also going to start, I think, banding time because regardless of the day, um, uh, between sort of six and seven in the morning, I read. Mm. So I could call every day a reading day, I suppose, but trying to just get that focus in the right direction. I mean, life gets in the way, as I'm sure it does for you, but um, just the idea of sitting down on a Friday uh, with um, my journals, with whatever I've been reading and studying, working through my Obsidian notes, working through my Kindle highlights, which have gone into Obsidian, doing all of those things, just trying to pull together what I've been working on over the week. And that, I suppose, in many ways, becomes what many people would call their planning as well for the next week. Mm -hmm. So that's the theory behind it. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how well it works. Work in progress. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I like that. I'm, I'm interested to hear how that goes. Uh, maybe in a few weeks when we've kind of gone through this, we can go through our systems a little more detail in a, in a little bit more detail and uh, explain what we're doing, because I think it might be interesting because I think we've both kind of changed things a little bit from last year. So it'll be interesting to see. For sure. Especially what tools we're using. Uh, speaking of tools. Oh, I see you've got a good choice this time. Uh, what What are you writing with, Stu? Uh, well, yeah, you you stole my thunder, really. Um, I'm I'm using your journaling pen, so the custom the custom eight two three pilot custom eight two three. I bet you it's not mine because I bet you the nib's not the same. Oh, I'm I'm sure the, the nib will not be the same. No, mine's a, a a broad, which is you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's fine. <laughs> it's a Japanese broad. Um, no, it's it's a big broad nib. I think it might even be a double actually. I'd, I'd need to get out my loop, but I think it's a it's a double, uh, and it's the amber um, custom eight two three. Not necessarily the color I would have chosen, but it was the one that was available when I was looking for one. Mm-hmm. And I've got a sort of grayish ink in it, um, a dark gray by Diamine called Shoba, which is part of their music set. Mm. Really nice. I mean, the eight two three. I'm not as big a fan of the eight two three as the rest of the world is, um, but I think my nib needs a little bit of love. I think it needs a little bit of mucking about with to get it perfect for me. And I haven't sort of plucked up the courage to do it myself, or had the ability to get somebody else to do it for me. So, mm. what have you got? Some baby's bottom on it, perhaps? Uh, could be. I don't know. I, th- I think it's just um, there's it sort of looks quite hooded. Um, it looks as though the tip is sort of bent inwards a little bit. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean it writes okay, um, but if I go off angle, then it gets it gets a bit tricky. So it could just be me. So it sometimes happens. Well, I, I know you do write backwards, you know, with that Leander <laughs> thing that you've got going. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's a, it's a lovely pen. You know, I think the entire nation of Japan is uh, predicated around the idea that everybody writes right-handedly. Well, um, if you're going to have something to to build on, you may as well build on that. What about you? What are you What are you using this week, pen and ink? So I'm using something that is great. I've I've still got my Twisby from last week. I can only use that for certain things because, well, it's really like writing with a paint roller. Uh, I chose a Franklin Christoph model 45 in a color called ghost, which, well, isn't really ghost colored anymore because it's eyedroppered with diamine Prussian blue. Mm. Uh, the model 45 is just a little handheld, tiny, tiny little pen. And it's one of those pens that in order to really use it properly, you actually have to post it. Um, so I'm not sure if you're a poster or not. This is one of the few pens that has to be this way. And the thing is so small, it can't actually fit a converter in it. So that's why you eyedropper it. The ghost is sort of a transparent, translucent white color, and it has just a steel nib on it. Just a, a little fine number five nib from Franklin Christoph. It's a lovely little pen and it writes so fine. And I, you know, the problems I've been having with nibs lately, I just wanted something that was going to write nice. And I know this one is a lovely little writer, which is why I, it came back out and into circulation. And of course, because it's eyedroppered, well, I'll be using it for the next, well, month, perhaps. <laughs> Fine nib eyedropper. What could go wrong there, Stu? Oh, exactly. I mean, I have to say, because of our, uh, this, this very feature, the pen and ink of the week, I've had to change my desk setup. And so I've had to get a new sort of pen holder out that has nine slots, which just gives me a little bit more room to move. Because uh, what have I got? It's all my fault. I apologize. I've got at the moment. I've got four fountain pens inked in there and two pencils. So uh, it's it's all under control again. It was it was beginning to worry me. My little three pen holder was it, it was too much to bear. Justin, I, I couldn't couldn't cope with it. It's actually funny, uh, between Christmas and New Year's, I took to cleaning all of the pens that I have been using. I'm just pulling up the picture of it now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 pens uh, that I cleaned one afternoon. Uh, a lot of things that I had run dry, uh, so there wasn't any ink left in them, but uh, I hadn't actually gone through and cleaned them all out. And, that was a good uh, hour or so sitting at the kitchen sink, uh, trying not to make a mess and have Mrs. T upset with me for staining the mm -hmm. counters any particular color. But yeah, I, I know what you mean about uh, getting a lot of pens. I sort of have a little pile on the corner of my desk of things to be cleaned, and it seems to grow every week. Go figure. Mm, I'm a, I'm a clean-as-you-go sort of fella. So um, when one dries then that day it gets cleaned well that day or the next i'm i'm usually pretty good at that but at the moment i've got i've got a very nice little kit going at the moment i've got the dickens mont blanc i have a yellow sailor uh the coeco brass sport and this pilot custom i mean that is a very nice little collection of pens to have on the go mm -hmm. i'm just anyway just thinking what I've got. I've only got four pens on the go at the moment. I have my Nakaya, which is, mm. that lives on my desk. That is a permanent one. It was a gift from my wife for my 50th, uh, which was custom ordered from Japan. So it has a lot of meaning. And that always sits center stage on my desk. I've got my little Franklin Christoph. I've got my Twisby and I've got my Pilot 823. And that is it for things that are inked and or need to be cleaned. So. For this week, I'm good. Uh, ask me that in a couple of weeks, and it'll be a whole different story. <laughs> Splendid. Right. So what are we talking about today? All right. This is a bit of a follow-up. We talked about checklists before, and we talked about uh, the book that we had read, the Checklist Manifesto, and a lot of the positive things that came from checklists. 
And I got some listener feedback from Judith. I'm not going to give any more information than that to keep our OPSEC secure. Uh, but she sent a lovely email and was talking about our episode on checklists. Uh, her husband is a private pilot and she's a physician. And so they are very much in the world of checklists and have often discussed them. Uh, one thing that she pointed out was pilots don't have a checklist. They have several and each one is used at a specific stage of flight, which I thought was interesting and obvious when you think about it, but, um, you know, something that you, you don't necessarily think about right off the bat. But one thing that Judith did mention is that medicine is so enamored by checklists that they're they've confused completing the checklist with reaching the goal of the checklist and medicine been something that my wife knows a little bit about. She's a nurse. I got this email and I, I talked to her about it a little bit and said, you know, is it really like this? And my wife confirmed that yes, medicine is like that. There's checklists for everything now. I spent a little bit of time sort of thinking about it and some of the challenges and problems, ah, problems. I, I keep flip-flopping on my own checklist. I have a morning routine that has gone through several different iterations, uh, in, in my OmniFocus. Do I have them as specific tasks or do I have one task that says morning routine? And I do fall into this sometimes, and I thought it was an interesting thing that sometimes I do the thing and then go back and check off the checklist. Stu, do you do any of this? Do checklists still work for you? Do you see any problems in your own life where a checklist becomes less effective? You know, where you do it because you're supposed to do it. You know, I've gone and I've done what I'm going to do and I'm going to go check off the things that I said I was going to do, or do you still get to use them as a, as a checklist? And I'm going to guess this probably depends a little bit on what routines and what processes and procedures we have in place, likely in our own business. But what, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, the, I read the checklist manifesto at your urging. Uh, you spoke about it a couple of times and I hadn't read it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, when uh, Judith's email came through, it did make me smile because it actually the author uh, made the exact same points that she made, which were that uh, because I mean the the book his discovery of checklist came from the the, the pilot concept, uh, and he was he was blown away by the way that all pilots had bought into and to a certain extent contributed to the checklist formations. So these were sort of, you know, expert checklists for experts by experts. Hmm. Uh, and as he, he was the one who was trying to bring it into medicine and into, I think specifically into surgery. That's correct. Yeah. And his, his first sort of findings were, that you could make really good checklists or you could make really bad checklists. And if you didn't get the buy-in of the people who actually knew, either people in the surgery who regulated, then you could end up coming up with a load of nonsense. And you and I, I think both as consultants, probably felt a little bit twitchy, aware that, I mean, one of the, the great horrors of consultancy is that you have to speak authoritatively on something that you haven't got a clue about. Much like podcasting. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So there are times when, you know, I've been in a room full of, of subject experts and I'm supposed to say to them, folks, I think you could be doing things better and this is why and this is what. Now, I, and I'm sure you, um, are pretty good at doing that and getting buy-in. Because if you do it in the right collaborative way, then it's a fantastic thing to have an external uh, sort of viewpoint perspective added into that internal one. Mm -hmm. But the point that Judith was making is that those experts in the room 
those practitioners are the ones that need to make the checklist and they're the ones that need to believe in the checklist. Me giving someone a checklist is a very, very bad idea. <laughs> and um, I, I think that would be my sort of overall finding with checklists is those that are sort of living, breathing things that have the full support of the experts in the situation as well as outside of it, I think are great things. The idea of, particularly in medicine, where I don't know how it works, your side of the Atlantic, but, but this side, there's this great sort of battle that is waged between practitioners and managers. Um, practitioners being, you know, those, those crazy fools who went to university and learned how to be doctors and nurses and specialists and, you know, all part of this incredible teams that take people to get apart and put them back together again. All of those people. And then a bunch of people who've done MBAs who wander in and say, right, well, I think what we need is a checklist. And I'm sure that must be infuriating. Um, and like I say, I get a little bit twitchy because sometimes I'm, I'm the one who is taken on by a bunch of MBAs. Can you can you sort these guys out and give them a checklist? Yes to the first bit, probably no to the second. But I find checklists really difficult. Hmm. You know, in my own sort of work, um, we we discussed this before. I definitely need them. <laughs> Um, but I'm really, really bad at sticking to them. And, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, my sort of personal admin is at the moment driven by checklists mm -hmm. and that's, that's helping me so far. I mean, it's, oh, we're well into the year, Justin, and I haven't forgotten any bills yet. <laughs> Did you remember your car tax? Car tax? <laughs> this is again this is so wonderfully Cypriot right car tax runs from the 1st of January okay everybody got that 1st of January so when can you pay your car tax do you think uh, well one would assume that sometime in December no you can pay your car tax from the 7th of January and in fact you shouldn't really bother until the 15th of March because the 15th of March if you get stopped, you'll get fined. Before that, you won't. <laughs> and so, so every, I mean, British people, generally speaking, we're quite compliant folk. So every Brit in the world has a checklist that says, living in Cyprus, oh, December, better go in and pay the road tax. And every single one of us gets rebutted by this system several times until eventually you get a message saying, you can pay it on the 7th of January. And we all look at each other and go, what? but it's got to be valid from the first. And the Cypriot just looks at you and shrugs his shoulders. But uh, so tomorrow, Justin, I, first thing on my list, thinking be gone. There will be no thinking tomorrow morning until I have paid my car tax. Ooh, uh, you'd be quite impressed with me. I went yesterday and paid Coco's dog license tax for the year. Uh, which is a similar thing. It starts in January and is not due until January 31st. And then, you know, I'm not sure what they do after that, but, uh, you know, when you've got a, a dog that kind of stands out in a small town, one needs to be on the right side of the law. Well, I tried to pay both of my dog taxes in December mm. and, um, January 7th, the, <laughs> no, the nice lady went, oh, well, you can't pay for him. I said, why not? He's not due till February. I said, well, I mean, the dog, it's about $15 or something. Uh, I said, can we not just move him to now so that when I, because the only way I can pay this is in person. So, so that when I come up here, I could just pay both. No, no, no. Okay. Good. Frank, great. Fine. Ah, let's take a ride down the mountain in February as well. And uh, another little checklist item. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what about you? You must have lots of checklists. I mean, you're a, you're a numbers man. I'm a numbers man. There's a lot of things that I do in a month that are systematized. So checklists are a really good thing for me, me and my staff, to be brutally honest. Uh, they very much get told that this is part of a checklist of things that they need to do. And... I certainly have to look at this a little bit more closely and make sure that 
the checklists are actually effective. You know, are we marking off the checklist just because we need to do it in order to not get, you know, the tyranny of Justin mm -hmm. coming down and, and yelling at you? Is it been followed? And, and that's a really good question. I was actually thinking about this, this topic and thinking about pilots, particularly the startup checklist. The pilot and the co-pilot, from my limited understanding of what pilots do, one of them calls off the checklist and the other one does the action. And mm -hmm. there's a verbal confirmation that that was done. Yep. That brings a lot of accountability to a checklist, which is a great thing if you're flying a plane. Uh, did you see the crazy plane from Canada down to Mexico? The other day? No, I didn't. No, it wasn't. Oh, they, there was a group of people that decided to, uh, take a charter, a plane from Montreal down to Mexico for new year's. And they had the wildest nightclub party that I've ever seen on a plane, which, you know, during a pandemic and FAA rules and all the rest of that, they were smoking vapes. They had the DJ out there. They were passing around full bottles of, uh, vodka. I, it's apparently got, uh, even Justin Trudeau was talking about it yesterday. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> things not to do during a pandemic, no matter how much money you have, because you're endangering the pilots. Um, but the, the idea that, you know, there's that accountability in there, as I said, the, my own experience with this, and I, I've kind of gone back and forth on checklists a little bit because my, my startup and shutdown routines, I'm actually just going to open up my OmniFocus here. Hopefully it won't make any sounds because live automated some stuff still. <gasps> Automation. There you go. There's an episode in that. Well, it pops up at a certain time and it tells me to check my uh, stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to politely say that's what it tells me to do. It's not quite as polite, but you know, Hey, automation, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So my morning routine is 10 items. My afternoon routine is eight, which is quite uh, extensive in some ways, what I want to do. And I've, I've experimented with taking these 10 items and because I've been doing this for a while, I know what they are. I've put them all as one thing. Have I done my morning routine? Mm. And over time, I know this sounds weird. I shortcut one or two things, you know, the things that are essential, they're, they're in there because they're things I want to do, but let's face it. They're not always the most fun, you know, checking emails, a lot more fun than, you know, doing these things that I need to do. Sure. So sometimes, you know, I find if I go down to one, well, one or two of these kind of get moved to the side and all of a sudden they don't become a habit anymore. And so uh, they've, they keep coming back into my OmniFocus as, as a task, but it's a task that pops up at seven 30 in the morning. Here's all of the things that I need to do. And I'm, I'm thinking about my own routines and trying to think, do I do this as a pilot focused checklist? Do I do one thing and then check it off? Do I do the next thing and then check it off? And I'm not sure I can honestly say that I always do them in the same order. You know, <laughs> it is, uh, there, there are occasions where I've gone two or three steps and then I come back and I check them off and maybe that's, that's a bit of a failing and I'm, I'm not sure. And again, that's perhaps comfortableness mm. with this idea. I mean, I think you've got a whole load of things there mishmashed in because the I think for a checklist to be a checklist, and this is my understanding from 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 the book that you you preemptively to read, um, mm -hmm. is a checklist is a checklist if it's a checklist, and so you go down and you take accountability for each point in it, and you specifically do it. Um, so changing it to a task means it's now a task; it's not a checklist. And I think the point that Judith was making and that the author made and that I agree with is, f 
for me, for something to be a checklist, then not completing the checklist has to have some sort of consequence. So, um, you know, if you or I doesn't complete our evening journal entry, nothing happens. I mean, the, the world continues to turn. Um, we just feel, I guess, annoyed or feel off kilter or but if you're finding that you're not particularly interested in doing that, then it may well be that there's something else wrong. And I think that checklists are best used sparingly when they mean something. So you have work examples and I have work examples where, you know, doing these things mean that we don't get fined by the regulator, for example, um, or that we don't miss a deadline because those are kind of important things in the professional world. And if, like Judith, you're a, you're a physician, then you know, there are all sorts of consequences even greater than those. However, if you've got a checklist for you know, making sure that your, your pen cleaning is up to date, because there's no consequence to your pen cleaning not being up to date, because all that happens is that you spend an hour one Saturday <laughs> fixing up 12 pens, it doesn't need a checklist, does it? Hmm. Is, is that the difference, do you think? I don't know. See, I look at, particularly my morning um, startup, everything on there is, this is my version of a checklist. Basically, I don't have a checklist app that pops up and says, this is what I need to do. And I could write all these down and then check them off. But these are activities that I need to do to organize my day. And I, I set up my day in the morning. These are checking in with different businesses. They're, you know, certain things that if I don't do these and I neglect them, they can have a consequence to my day. Mm -hmm. Something will get missed. Something, you know, I won't pay my road tax, which, you know, again, is, is certainly more of a task in there. Um, I've just kind of used this task manager as my own checklist. Uh, a series of color-coded things that pop up every day uh, at a particular time and remind me to do them. And it's, you know, that's not the only checklist that I use. I, I use some for, you know, a financial review of each company that I deal with to make sure that everything has been accounted for properly. But yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying that, you know, it is perhaps a function of, is it a task or is it a checklist? But I would say that a checklist in some points, you know, for example, a pilot, let's go back to our pilot friends, um, you know, checking that the flaps work is not just a, yep, flaps are there. They're doing a task. They're flicking the switch, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. to make something go up and down there, making sure the controls move. Sure. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too sure if we're just into semantics or if there really is a difference there, Stu. Oh, no, there's a difference. And I'll try and give you an example. Um, and I wish I could, could pull it out, but I've tied it away somewhere. Many, many moons ago, um, I was talking with TJ. And um, here's, here you are, Justin. This one's free from TJ for you. It's an analog checklist. Okay. So uh, get yourself a clipboard, mm -hmm. good old fashioned clipboard. You remember those? Mm -hmm. uh, and some. Uh, we might get into transatlantic problems here. I don't know. Do you know what a binder clip is? I, I do. That's much like the um, the ones that Merlin Mann used to use, right? For his yeah, PDA. they sort of when you yeah when you close them, they sort of click across. So <laughs> if you if you so they they fold flat basically. Yeah, but if you put if you take a clipboard and put you know six to eight binder clips down each side. Mm -hmm. Then when you close the binder clip, it sort of rests in the middle of the board, as it were. Whereas when it's open, it hangs out to the to the, the side. Are you with me? Google is going to be my friend, I think, Stu. <laughs> I, I may have to cross the room and, and get one and take a photo of it. Um, but they've got little arms on them. Okay. Yeah, those... they are what I thought they were. Okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm with you. So when one of those is, you know, in the sort of open mode, you can still clip it to the edge of the board. But then when you close it, you flick the arms so that one arm is on the front of the board and one is on the back of the board. So it becomes like your, your manual checklist. Mm. So you write on the top left, 
underneath binder clip one, you write um, phone business A, if that's your first task. And when you do it, you close the binder clip. Mm. And then your next one is phone business A, and you close the binder clip. So rather than it being, as you say, a sort of convoluted list of tasks, it's something that requires a physical action. So something a little bit more than crossing a tick box mm-hmm. or just mentally going down the list. I, I get what you mean now. Hmm. Very cool little things. <laughs> I had one. I used one for months and months and months. Um, and then, like many things, <laughs> I just sort of fell by the wayside. I think because I changed what I was doing. But um, it's a really cool little tool. And you can have it just hanging on a nail. I had it hanging on a nail next to my desk. Hmm. A wall space? What's that still? <laughs> well, come, come on, in your palatial Canadian mansion, you now have plenty of wall space. Uh, actually, I don't. Uh, I've got bookshelves that go from floor to ceiling in uh, this office. So, Well, Find time for a redesign, Twyford. <laughs> you, you need a place for your binder clips. <laughs> uh, apparently. Uh, I could just leave them on top of my desk in a noise stew with uh, more clutter. There you go. That's the way to do it as well. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, it was going to be my takeaway for today is that any practice, whether it be a checklist or even task management, I mean, I think we've both been down this road where task management in itself becomes such a big task that you've got little room for any other tasks. And any any really useful practice can go um, off beam. And you can lose focus on what it's for. Um, I often think about the the Apple Watch, where I get so obsessed with closing the rings, I'm less concerned with doing the exercise that is actually the point of closing the rings. Mm, got it. So um, I heard I heard Mike Hurley the other day talking about it, where he'd lost his streak because he'd been on a transatlantic flight. And that really annoyed him that Apple's not better with moving its time zones around. Yeah. And I understand, you know, losing a streak is annoying. But actually, what's important here? Did you do the exercise to maintain your health and all of the things that this is for? That's what we should be focused on. And inevitably, uh, there's a tendency to get focused on the wrong things, certainly for me. And uh, I, in actual fact, I think I will be taking my Apple Watch off next week. <gasps> but there you are. More on that later. Uh, I won't even tell you that there's several watches sitting on my desk at the moment. <laughs> Must be a New Year thing. <laughs> I, I have a love-hate thing with the Apple Watch. Let's go there. Yep. It's, Me and you both. It does some things really well, but it it annoys me at the same time. Anyway, I had nothing to do with checklists. We can talk about that another day. Yeah, I'm 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 still a fan of checklists. I think that they can be very, very effective. They can be well used. And I think without them, you do make mistakes. Um, the possibility of making mistakes is much greater. But again, I, I think looking at this, I've got to be very careful again that a checklist doesn't exist just because a checklist can exist. Sure. Should it exist? Does it need to exist? And is it used effectively? And I guess the, the fourth part to that would be what's the accountability for that checklist? Yeah. Because it is easy. And I would, I would assume that in any industry, no matter what it is, you get to the point where you do things from routine and you go back and check off the checklist afterwards. You know, I'm assuming, uh, I think the checklist manifesto was talking about nurses in an operating room running the checklist. So again, you've got that separation of duties. You have that accountability to it. Mm -hmm. If you try to use this yourself though, and there is not that, that dialogue, that accountability, hmm, it becomes a lot harder to manage. And that's how you get into the tyranny of it. You have these lists that you just have to complete and that don't necessarily create the value that they should or once did. Sure. And I think that was exactly Judith's frustration. Yeah. Very, very interesting. It's a, I think like anything, it's a fine balance. And as you're going to figure out from your MBA, it depends is the answer. <laughs> it depends indeed. I, you know, maybe we need a two by two chart that 
will show us the good and bad things for checklists to do. I will leave that with you, Justin. <laughs> oh, you don't want a little bit of uh, bonus homework for your first class? I am the student. You are the master. Uh, well, that's what the diploma says. That's the only, <laughs> the only time anybody's ever called me that, but that's a whole different story. All right. Uh, so your takeaway, I think uh, any practice can lose focus. I think that's a really good one. Absolutely. What about you? What do you, what do you take away from this? I think you've got to rethink your checklist once in a while, make sure they're effective, make sure that they're still doing what they need to do and ensure that there's accountability in there. It's a, a balancing act, I think is the way I would look at it to avoid the tyranny that people just don't care about it, you know, or do something after the fact. And, you know, hopefully nobody important is doing that, but you know, uh, my morning routine, whether it's a checklist or whether it's a task list, it's, it's the same thing. I'm not sure I'm going to go and create a binder clip thing version of it, but you know, anything's possible. We'll see the next time around. Absolutely. Hmm. All right, Sue, where can people find you on the interwebs? Oh, well, you can find me at nerosnotes.co.uk or stuartlennon.com or on Twitter at Stu Lennon. Um, I wanted to say, I wanted to give a shout out to a podcast actually that you put me onto, Grumpy Old Geeks. Hmm. Um, if people haven't listened to that, go listen. Um, and if you've got a few bucks spare, then, then please, please go and contribute to their Patreon or buy PayPal because, well, uh, listen to the last episode, you'll understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes you feel a little nervous, doesn't it, Stu, getting to a certain age and realizing that other people like us are having challenges as well. Yes, indeedy. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. Um, I wanted to thank Alan for a camera recommendation, uh, for a wildlife camera. I've been trying to figure out all these tracks that I talked about. I did actually come out of my house and walk face to face into a deer yesterday, which was very, very interesting. Uh, Coco was not particularly impressed. Uh, the deer, of course, um, listened to one little yap from Coco and walked away, uh, <laughs> sauntered away, I think might be a better way to say oh, it. Uh, very, very interesting. So, uh, Alan, thanks very much for the recommendation. You can find me at justintwyford.com, T-W-Y-F-O-R-D, just in case you can't spell that. Uh, you can find links to both of us at stationaryadjacent.com. I'm on Twitter at JJ Twyford. Please feel free to email us, stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. We really do appreciate and read all of your email, comments, conversations, and sometimes we'll even talk about it on a show. Up next, we're going to have an update on Obsidian uh, because Stu is using it and do some really cool stuff with his Kindle. Um, and Justin, well, I'm still trying to figure out the linking notes thing. Mm -hmm. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us. <laughs>